I'm Jesse Rogers sitting in for Bleck and Abdallah. Hope you're getting going on your holiday weekend here. Short show just till 7.15 when we bring you Northwestern basketball right here on ESPN 1000. It is Wednesday before Thanksgiving here in Chicago. Glad to be with you. 312-332. We'll get to the phone lines in just a moment. But first, I got to start with something very important. Very, very important before we even get to Eberflus and Fields Audio. We'll do that in just a moment. I got to start with something that happened over the weekend. And it bothered me. And I was thinking about when to bring it up, whether it be Monday. No, that's a Bears Monday. Whether it be today. No, I'm going to be on Friday, midday. No, I got to do it. I got to get this off my chest. And it kind of will build into a segment I want to do, a fun segment. Phone lines will be open. It'll be a fun segment about. Anything you want to discuss, we got the Bulls and the Bucks. We're going to get to Eberflus and Fields and his condition. We really want to address a rule that I saw on Saturday. That's how I want to start the show because it upset me so much. But I'm going to make it into a bigger segment here about rules that you're not aware of and rules that don't make sense to you. I'm talking about in the world of sports, of course. Could also say at the Thanksgiving table, there's certain rules you're supposed to follow, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So I want to get to it with you. Did you see this on Saturday? And it blew up a little bit on, on social media. When Purdue intercepted a ball in the Northwestern game, Purdue and Northwestern, returned it for a touchdown. Guy was called for high stepping into the end zone. Now, I had forgotten that that was a rule uh, a, a taunting rule, basically, they put in about 10 years ago. I had forgotten that was even a penalty. Okay, all right, it's a penalty, not supposed to high step. But what I didn't know, and they, I guess they did more recently, is this would be a spot foul, and they'd take the touchdown off the board. Now, that's what I want to discuss with you. Can you think of a dumber rule in sports than that? Please, is there a dumber rule in sports than a guy high-stepping into the end zone, he's called for a penalty, and the touchdown gets taken off the board? Now, I didn't have any betting interest. I'm not a Purdue fan. I just couldn't believe it. I, I did not know that. And I was thinking, is there a dumber rule in sports than that? That's what I want to know. Because I don't think there is. I don't think there is. But let's talk about rules tonight. Because there are soccer rules that I'm still learning as we watch the World Cup. What's the soccer rule you didn't know? What's, a, what's the soccer rule that doesn't make sense to you? What's another sports rule that makes no sense to you? Walter Payton high-stepped into the end zone all the time. All the time. That was his signature move. You can't take that touchdown off the board. How is that taunting? That's what I want to discuss with you. Terrible sports rules, starting with that. I sound really passionate about it because I was ticked off Saturday when I saw it. Can you believe that? College kid intercepts a ball, takes it back to the end zone, high steps it in there, and they take it off the board. Here was the highlight. 
Third and six. Freeman picked off. Could be a pick six. Jalen Graham strutting already. Touchdown, Purdue. Interception for a touchdown. After the interception, during the run, a sportsmanlike conduct. Intercepting team number six. High stepping into the end zone. 15 yard penalty from the spot of the foul. First down. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. You can't take that off the board. All right. I had to get that off my chest. I want to hear from you. Sports rules that are as dumb as that. Give me, give me something dumber than that and how that is taunting. I understand sticking the ball in someone's face as you cross the goal line, but high-stepping into the end zone? You want, to, you want to call it a penalty? Okay. Assess on the kickoff. Fine. But to change that to a spot foul? Come on. So it got me thinking, what are, the, what are the dumb sports rules? Find me one dumber than that one. And then tell me a, a rule in, in soccer you're just learning watching the World Cup. Because I've, I've got a few. I'm sure there's diehard soccer fans that are like, come on, by now you got to know this. But there's a lot of casual fans that only turn on, turn, tune in for the World Cup. Dumb sports rules. That's the topic over the next hour. I want to hear from you on that. But let's get to the Bears. Justin Fields spoke to the media today about his condition, his left shoulder in particular. We don't have a word yet, or at least a final word, whether he's going to play this Sunday but he explained exactly what's going on with him. Here's Justin Fields. So it's just a separated shoulder with, you know, partially torn ligaments, basically like an AC joint. So, yeah, that's my understanding of it. Okay, and we have a little bit more fields. What about his um, availability for Sunday? Do we have that, Kendra? Let's get to, let's get to whether he can play on, whether he thinks he can play on Sunday. Uh, today, probably not. But, you know, good thing we don't play today. We play in, what, um, in four days. So we'll see how it feels in four days. My thinking on Monday was, look, it's his left shoulder. It's not his throwing arm. Let, let, let him play. Just let him play. But then after hearing him today and this whole idea that his legs are getting a little tired, I mean, look, if they're in a contending type of year, it's a different situation. You got to play. If you're healthy, you play. But I, then, I, then I heard the Jets talk about Zach Wilson. He needs a probably more of a mental reset. I think Fields could use a physical reset, whether it be his legs or certainly the shoulder. So why not make the decision very, very soon instead of waiting till Sunday? Let him sit today. Let him sit today, play against Green Bay if he's healthy enough. Then he gets the bye. So it's like two weeks off out of the next three. And I think... Most people would agree if you're going to choose to play against the Jets or Packers, we want him against the Packers. And also, he's hurt right now. We don't know if he's going to be still hurting next week. So I say, let him sit, especially since he's saying that if the game was today, that was the beginning of that last cut, he could not play. So if he can't play today... Yes, it's a few days away. And yes, if they were contending, I might feel differently. But now I'm thinking, look, Trevor Simeon versus Mike White. Okay, that's what the red zone's for. You can 
flip around a little bit. That's what for the Sunday ticket is for. Let's go to Mike in Lincoln Square. Get a call in before we have to take a break here. Mike, what do you think on this on this uh, taunting penalty? High well, stepping into I, the end zone. I think it's a, it's a, probably a good penalty to have at the college level, but I agree with you that taking away the touchdown makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, that would be my view on that particular rule. I did have one that I thought um, kind of played out on another point because I've seen – and by the way, Jesse, I've never had a chance to say, say to you, I've always loved your reporting, so I really appreciate your work as a professional journalist. Thank but you. On the, you're welcome. You earned it. Um, but on the um, – on different sports – they have different rules, and in the NFL, I think they have an absurd rule. At least they did when Walter Payton was playing. I think the game was Atlanta, probably about 82 or 83, somewhere in there. And um, there was a call made by the ref in the back of the end zone that Payton didn't like, and um, he thought it was wrong. And he, he went running up and literally just running up to talk to the ref, not to do anything, but the ref took a step towards him, and the ref actually bumped in, into Payton. Immediately the flag comes out. Walter made no aggressive move towards the ref. He was just going up to talk to him. Flag comes out. Peyton gets kicked out of the game, and I think he had to actually sit out the next game. That was the rule at the time. I think I remember that, yes. Different sports have different rules about contacting the official, and there's there's more leeway in the NBA and in um, even baseball because sometimes the ump or the ref in those other sports will say, no, no, it was incidental. We, we got our feet tangled up. We got too close to each other. I have, sometimes you see an ump getting a, you know, a chest thing from you know, one of the managers. But um, that contact with Peyton was equally absurd. I understand giving him a, you know, a foul or something like that, but to throw a guy out of a game for that, and then I think he had to be penalized to set out a game for that, not, you know, it's not on the same level of stupidity as this one that you're referencing from last week. But I, back to your point, I just don't see why they would uh, make the, the team forfeit the touchdown. Thanks for the call. See, I get the slippery slippery slope argument when it comes to taunting. You know, something little can lead to something bigger. I get that. So I I understand if you're putting the ball in someone's face as you cross the goal line, if you're standing over them after you tackle them, that can lead to some bigger things, you know, bench-clearing brawls, whatever. But high-stepping in the end zone, in this particular case, as a defender on a pick six might be his only – time of his career of his life that he gets to do that on a big stage how can you legislate how someone runs into the end zone come on in fact i've seen somebody high step and accidentally sort of hit the ball with their thigh and they fumble it like you want to take the chance of high stepping it slows you down you could get tackled you could fumble it you can't legislate how a guy runs into the end zone That's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Stupid sports rules. And which of the soccer ones do you think qualify? Or at least which of the soccer ones don't make sense to you? Let's discuss. And also, what do you think about my idea? Sit fields this week, play them against Green Bay, then get the bye. Give them the physical reset. I was against it Monday I'm sort of for it today. Jesse Rogers sitting in for Black and Abdallah right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. This is this is, this is Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. I mean, it's, that's not going to happen because, um, you know, Coach Flus pretty much said it was, you know, up to me. They want the best thing for me. So he said, you know, um, if I feel that I can play, if I feel that I can go out there and you know protect myself and stuff like that, then 
I'll be able to go. So I'm just going to, you know, see how it feels each and every day um, and just, you know, play, play by ear. Justin Fields at Dallas Hall today, kind of leaving it in his hands if he'll play on Sunday. I wonder if there's going to be further conversations in terms of maybe the team determining if he plays or not. I mean, if you leave it in his hands, he's probably going to say yes, right? It's kind of a weird way to, de- to describe it, like Coach Eberflus basically, basically leaving it up to me. Maybe that means he's just not, you know, that badly hurt, right? That's That could be good news if they're leaving it in his hands. If he was truly injured in the truest sense of the word, I think it'd be up to the doctors. So maybe it's just hurting more than anything. It's kind of a weird thing, even though it seemed like a significant type of injury. Granted, not to his throwing arm. So there's still some some something to figure out there in the coming days. Do you want to see Justin Fields play on Sunday? I mean, obviously you do, but do you think he should? I started the week saying, yeah, let him play. No, I'm like, eh, sounds like the legs are hurting, the shoulder's hurting. All right, they're not in it. Let's give him that one week. But soon enough, you know, in moments like this, when they're a contending team, he'll, he's going to have to fight through it, right? I mean, you don't play if you're injured. If you're hurting, that's a different story. That's a different story because almost everybody is hurting at, at some, in some degree at this time of the year. Jesse Rogers with you, Black and Abdallah off tonight, just here till 7.15, and then it's Northwestern basketball. So we're, we're weaving in and out of the Bears – and Fields' conversation since he met the media today for the first time since um, Sunday's game, since post-game on Sunday. And he's got a shoulder issue. It's hurting. If the game was today, he could not play. He also said that. But the game is Sunday. So a long way to go between now and Sunday. And it sounds like the Bears are leaving it in his hands, which to me feels like it's a more of a hurting thing than an injury thing, if that makes sense. Let's discuss it, 312-332-3776. Again, 312-332-3776. You can tweet me at Jesse Rogers ESPN. Also having some fun on this holiday. I can't get over this rule that happened Saturday in the Purdue game. High step into the end zone is not just a penalty. It's also no touchdown. So give me your dumb sports rules and find me one dumber than that. And then as we watch the World Cup, I watch Canada and Belgium today. Man, Canada dominated. Belgium wins one nothing. Crazy game. What's the soccer rule you didn't know or is a little kooky to you? Let's discuss it. 312-332-3776. So I say sit fields this week, play him against Green Bay, and then you get the bye. Let's go to Bill in Park Ridge. You're on ESPN 1000. Bill, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I got a dumb rule. Um, it's a little off. It's uh, This is pertaining to golf, but I think it was back in like the uh, mid to late 80s. I believe it was Craig Stadler hit a shot um, off the tee box under a tree, and he's a right-handed golfer, and he had to play the shot left-handed on his knees underneath his bush to get it out. He ended up winning the tournament, but I believe he was penalized two strokes because he put a towel under his knees, um, I guess he had, like, pine needles and rocks and stuff like that, and it was uncomfortable for him to kneel down on the dirt. So he still knelt, but he put a towel down to pad it a little bit, hit the shot out, and they penalized him, I think, two strokes, like, three holes later. That is kind of crazy. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to imagine if I, uh, what, what I think about. I'm trying to, you know, figure out what I think about that. Um, I'm, I'm picturing him sitting him Like, that's using something 
else to help you with the shot. They you know what I mean? build, yeah, they call it what they call it is they call it building his stance. Right. And that's like so you can't step on anything to you know, whatever. But I mean, yeah, it was a towel under his knees. I don't know. Right. It just seemed like a really goofy call and for them to like not impose that on him until like three holes later was kind of screwy too. Yeah, you you'd like to think somebody should be standing over there saying, "Oh, you can't do that," right? But that's not how it always works. You need to know the rules, and if you don't, but also it shouldn't come three holes later. It should be like as soon as he shoots it, okay, you've been right. penalized two strokes. Like it's weird stuff like that happens in golf sometimes. That's a weird one, but I kind of get it because where where do you draw the line? You know, sort of thing. Well, if it was a lofty golfer, they probably wouldn't have had this to get on their knees. You know, right. so it's just kind of one of those weird things where you're like, you know, I mean, golfers can take their shoes off and get in the water to hit shots that are on the bank of a, a lake or something like that. Why not tell them they got to keep their shoes on or you can't take your pants off or whatever? Yeah, I mean, right. it's kind of goofy. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Mike and Lombard. Kind of a similar uh, thing with, with golf. Mike, what's on your mind, buddy? Uh, no, I got baseball. So when I, I coach baseball, I umpire baseball. I've never been able to quite figure out why infield fly is only first and second or bases loaded. Why not with a runner on first? Because um, you're you're basically getting an out either way. Well, what, and... if, what about well, what if the runner? Po- I've seen it because the runner will pop up, right? Or the bat, or the batter will pop up and right. not run it out to first base. Yeah, but so obviously they're supposed to run it out to first base. No, so I know it, that, but a smart infielder will will drop it and double him off. So why don't they just attend it to make it first and second? Or I'm sorry, uh, with first. A, yeah, with a runner on first. Now I know you'd have to make a. Uh, it wouldn't count if there's a runner on first and third, but if there's a runner on first, it's going to be the same thing as first and second. I don't understand. Right? No, I get it. I get. I think it's just that it, in reality, it should just be one out either way. Either you, you know, let it drop and you get the force at second, and the guys, the, the batter's safe at first, or you catch it and it's an out. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the point is you should let the let the def- defense decide which runner they want at first, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... you can make that case as well. Uh, but I, I mean, I get I get why it's first and second, first, second, and third because then you're talking about double or triple plays that can occur on a on a pop up with just the man on first. It, it really is just one out either way. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and to your high stepping, that was that was ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. I, I seem to remember. I, I could be wrong on this, but I think that Walter Payton invented the high step to keep guys from clipping them from behind as he went into the end zone. Might then, be. I, I I don't know, but I used to see him as a kid, and I I thought it was the coolest thing. And he'd be yeah, penalized he now. It's it ridiculous. So he, get, he used to do it so he didn't get clipped from behind going in. I mean, then it became kind of a showboating thing. I think Dion started doing it, but who cares? Away, Come on! That is, no, it's that's not showboating, in my opinion, at all. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Come on! Yeah, I got a soccer oh. rule for you. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So the worst soccer rule—I don't know if you want to count this as a rule—but the dumbest thing in soccer is there's a running clock. Oh, and that's yeah, why I mean, I'm. I'm like, there's going to be some diehards. They're going to disagree with all of us on, on uh, disagree with us on a lot of these things, but I'm with you. Like what the hell is going on with that clock? I'm still in well, that the, mode, even though I've watched the world cup for the last, you know, for the last you the know, run- three or four times with the running clock. You have no, what you have no commercials, which no commercials. You have no revenue. 
And that's why soccer will never be a big spectator sport in the United States. Well, now I take it all back. I don't want commercials. I'm, now I'm okay with the running clock now that, now that you put it that way. I'm totally fine with it. I was talking to my son about this. Thanks for the call, Mike. I was talking about my, uh, to my son about this, how even the added time, I didn't know this. You know, the, 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 it's not an exact thing, right? I mean, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know it for sure. I, you know, they put the plus five up there, but it's not an exact thing. And if, if one team's on the rush... He's not going to end the game. And it happened today. Canada had the ball and was driving, so to speak, and he blew the whistle, ended the game. So even my son and I were confused over that. I, I don't know. That, the whole clock thing is crazy. Like, just there, there's an end to the game. But I get that you need the, the injury time and all that other stuff. But why we don't know exactly what it is is weird. Let's go to line four. Max, you're on ESPN 1000. What's happening, Max? Talk to me. Hey, Hey, Jesse. So as a Northwestern fan, I can also say that rule is absurd. Let let them celebrate a little bit. I have no no explanation for that. But a dumb rule that happened to the Bears earlier this year was in the monsoon game against the Niners when Gill went to just pat down the spot where Santos was going to kick oh, yeah. with the towel and got flagged for the unsportsmanlike conduct. I thought that was absurd. They can switch balls. They can, you know, everyone keeps a towel, but the punter can't wipe down the spot. So I thought that was really dumb. Yeah, that, that, and, that, and obviously he didn't know it, and I didn't, well, none of us watching knew it, right? You didn't know it, right? right. No, and then the ref was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a penalty, and he threw the flag, like, and everyone's like, what, for what? I, to me, that was just, I was like, I didn't even know you could be flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct on a kick as the punter. But anyway, that, I thought that was a dumb rule. And uh, Field should sit. What are the Bears playing for this year? You know, they're – developing some guys. Let's see what Simeon has with this offense. Let Justin heal up. There's nothing to, I mean, you play to win obviously, but I just, I don't think there's any reason to let a hurt fields play in a game that doesn't have any meaning on the standings. And if anything, you, you want to keep losing. So that's my yeah, thought. On that. well, I'm, I'm with you on that, by the way. Yes. I'm with you on that. Hood and I argued about that. He's on the, Hey, you need to win as much as you can. I think now that you're whatever were they three and eight you, you lean into it you lean into it so you're right and Mike White versus Trevor Simeon I don't know who's going to win that game they still might the Bears still might win that game so like I said I started the week saying play them uh, but after listening to him today and just everything about the legs and the shoulder let's just sit them let's just sit them three one two three three two uh, thanks for the call one, uh, oh you got another one I lost you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number if you want to jump on. Talking dumb sports rules, the high stepping rule in college. It's in college, not in the pros, where you get an unsportsmanlike penalty is dumb. The fact you take you can take a touchdown off the board is even dumber. Give me your soccer rules you're learning that just don't make sense to you or you think are dumb. And can you find me one that's dumber than the high stepping one? And should Fields play this week? Should they leave it up to him? There's a lot of questions after today's pressers that we need to answer, and I don't know if we're going to get them today. We might get them in the coming days. And, you know, the way Fields said it may not be exactly how it goes down, right? I mean, I'm not sure he, he's going to go to Sunday and say, okay, I'm playing. I mean, they're going to consult with the doctors. But the way he said it, sounded like it was totally up to him, which means it's not that severe of an injury. But I would imagine there's going to be some more conversations between the coaching staff, the doctors, and Justin Fields. 312-332-3776. At Jesse Rogers, ESPN. Have a bunch of tweets to get to as well. Here till 715 on ESPN 1000.
This is Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah, ESPN 1000, and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. You know, if he's ready to play, he, he's going to play. You know, and uh, and uh, he, he feels that way, we feel that way. If he's ready to go, feels good about it, he's going he's gonna to play in the game. And really, you know, the reason is because we're trying to win. You know, we want to win the game. Um, there's a lot of great things, you know, through getting the experience uh, of, of playing a game, every single game we can. And uh, that's an important part to, to this season. That was Matt Eberflus today at House Hall. Jesse Rogers with you, Glecken Abdallah, off on this Wednesday night as we start the long holiday weekend. Hope you're doing well, and I hope you're not stuck in too bad of traffic out there. 312-332-3776, the phone number if you want to jump on. You can tweet me at Jesse Rogers ESPN. I mean, that really sounds like he's more hurting than hurt, right? More sore than injured. And they want to win. I've done a 180. Monday, I was like, ah, play him if he's just sore. Now I'm kind of like, you know what? Give him the reset. Especially if it endangers him for Green Bay. My buddy Seafood Dennis, who has bear season tickets, is like, look, I hope they lose every game the rest of the way for the higher draft book draft pick, except for Green Bay. Except for Green Bay. Let them get over the hump against Green Bay. And to do that, they're going to need fields. So if there's any question that he may not play next week, sit him this week. Play him next week. Then give him the bye. But look, if it's just soreness, the way Eberflus is talking, the way Justin's talking, it's going to be on him. That's soreness. If it's his decision, then that's about soreness, not about playing through an injury, I believe. At least that's the way it should be. So where do you fall on this? Again, I began the week saying play him. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe just sit him. Let's, let's, let's see the Trevor Simeon, Mike White show. Talking dumb rules in sports. Phone lines are pretty jammed on this. Had some good ones. I'll get to some tweets in a moment. First, let's go to Simon. He's in Chicago. Simon, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, how are you? Good, man. Um, I just think I was watching the World Cup, which I don't usually do, but I'm excited to hear about it. And I think it's stupid. It's basically how USA lost is there's no like set place you're supposed to inbound the ball from when the ball goes out of bounds. And also there's no, there's, the referee doesn't have to hand you the ball. So there's not really a stoppage. The ball just rolls out of bounds. You pick it up, throw it in. And that's how they lost. They just picked up the ball, threw it in as fast as they possibly could. USA wasn't set, and it led to the penalty kick, and that's how. Or we didn't lose, but we tied. True. Right. Right. I mean, I, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. I mean, that goes to again. I had this conversation with my son today. I am not a big soccer guy. He's become one, and it goes to this idea, Simon, that they want it to be organic as possible. The game. Does that make sense? That that's why the time is a little fudgy. That uh, yeah, you just pick it up and you throw, and it is weird. It's. I guess I think we're so used to just the, 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 the speaking of rules, very specific rules. I mean, God, the NFL is a million rules, right? College is a million rules. And in soccer, it's a, it's a little ambiguous. And that's part of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it did lead to the, the penalty and then the, and then the game tire. But that's the point. You know, you know the situation. Thanks for the call, Simon. You need to be ready. You need to be ready for the throw in. And I think that's the point of, of understanding how soccer works, that, that it's organic, it's going to be moving, you need to be ready. There's moments of being really slow, and then it picks up, and then it slows down, and you just have to be ready for that moment that can change the game. Let's go to Johnny in Evanston. You're on ESPN 1000. Johnny, what's happening, pal? 
Hey, everything's good. Can we talk just football just for a second instead of yeah. the rules? I, I sure. want to know, let's, hypothetically, man, if, uh, if uh, Justin's ahead 28 to nothing, the start of the fourth quarter, why not take him out and let Simeon finish the game? Better for Simeon, better from the Bears' defense. Uh, what do you guys think about that? And better for and better for Fields. Let him rest for a quarter. Well, if, that's a know, very specific, you know, hypothetical. I mean, they've had one opportunity like that all year in New England. Um, sure, if they're up twenty-eight nothing, absolutely, I would, I would probably sit him at that point. And I think they would as well. Okay. And hey, before I go, one more thing uh, for the NBA. Let's we should do a flop box. If a player flops and the referee uh, deems it a flop, he goes. They only play with uh, one less player for two minutes, called the flop box. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Uh, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of flopping in soccer. I mean, it, it's it's the theory. In theory, it's not a bad idea. I'm not saying you should do it, but there's it feels like there's been a lot of flopping in soccer, and then you you, know, you get the yellow cards out and everything. Um, but it's it's not it it, uh, it it is something that's been addressed in sports, especially in the NBA and basketball, a lot more in recent years. The idea of flopping. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the phone number if you want to join in. Let's get to some tweets. Um, okay, the opposite of bad rule, the best rule in sports by the Mad Hatter by far is the high-sticking penalty in hockey. Two minutes unless the player bleeds, then four minutes. Rule, a rule based on if active bleeding happens, another reason why hockey is just the best. You know, for a long time, I thought that was such a – I'm sure a lot of first-time hockey fans I, – I, growing up, I always thought that was a weird rule. It's just so weird. Like, I mean, some people are e- easier to, to bleed, right? I mean, it's just weird, but it does kind of make sense, right? Like it, it, it takes into account the the uh, degree of injury. You know, you just hit and there's no blood. Okay, you two, you know, there's blood. You get four minutes. It, it kind of does have some common sense to it, as weird as it kind of seems at first. Um, but yeah, I kind of like it as well. I don't know if it's the best rule, but I kind of like it as well. As well, now uh, Jermaine says the rule where I guess he's saying where in pro football you can get up. When, when you're untouched, but in college and high school, you're down, you know, if you slip and fall, nobody touches you. I kind of agree. I never liked that. I played one year of high school football, and I slipped a few times, and I'm like, you, you immediately want to jump up and keep running, right? And you're down. It is a, I feel like it's a weird rule. I, I don't disagree with that. The in-the-grasp rule in the NFL, Nicholas tweets, yes, agree. And then uh, another tweet about um, the infield fly. And yeah, there's wondering why there's infield fly because you'd get it double and triple plays out of it if there was no infield fly. Players would let it drop. Play, uh, the runners would be on their bases, and then they'd be forced, and you'd you'd end up with double and triple plays all over the place. So that's the reason for the infield fly. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. The number Jesse Rogers for another half hour, and then we bring you Northwestern basketball. What are your thoughts on Fields playing this week? Are you kind of like me? You're like, oh, uh, at first I thought let him play, and then I'm like, nah, maybe not. Maybe not. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more of your phone calls in a moment right here on ESPN 1000. Stream live sports and original contact with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-view live coverage. Also, you get the 35 PGA Tour events each year, and you get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle. Get it today and watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel library, and more. 
stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNChicagoBundle.com to learn more. When you're at home, don't miss Black and Abdallah. Tell your smart speaker to, to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000, Jesse Rogers with you. Had a few technical problems there, but we fixed it, got it going as we get ready for our holiday weekend here at ESPN. We've got Northwestern basketball coming up in about 15 minutes, so stay tuned for that. Black and Abdallah are off today. I'm here just for another 15, as I mentioned. Talking about fields playing, not playing this weekend, and also dumb slash stupid Slash rules that you don't understand in sports came about because Saturday a Purdue player intercepted a ball, a pick six, and high stepped it into the end zone. Not only was it a penalty, they took the touchdown off the board. And I needed to be on the radio that minute to discuss it. But I had to wait till today. So we're talking about stupid rules in sports and rules you don't understand, which come up in soccer a lot, right? As we watch the World Cup, I'm not a diehard. Most of you listening aren't. I watch it every four years. And there's always something that goes on like, what? What's that about? I don't get it. Let's discuss it. Beck and John is in Schaumburg. What's the, what, who, who, we have two people on the line? Who is this? What do we got? Beck? Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff in Schaumburg. Yeah. Gotcha. You got me? Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, well, well, I don't know if you said got me, but my crazy-ass rule was uh, Kentucky-Missouri uh, Kentucky, football this, this season. Um, Kentucky's punting on fourth down at, like, their 30-yard line. And the ball, the snap goes five feet over the punter's head. Punter go, has to rush all the way back, essentially to the two. The uh, he gets the kickoff just at, and then a split second later, the Missouri guy tackles him. They get they call roughing the punter because apparently the tackle box or the punting kicking box goes all the way back to infinity. It doesn't um, it doesn't like have a 
baseline and sure. turned or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missouri ended up losing the game because a 15-yard penalty automatic first down. So that I never – it was yeah, one of the craziest awesome. things I had ever seen in college football and all that. So it was like there's got to be, like, some wiggle room with that. Like, really? Like, yeah, sure, a punter got to be protected, but it's like the ball's 25 yards behind him when he kicks it. I think it. that's, a, that's an awesome call. He didn't even get the kickoff. He didn't even get it back to the original line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's an awesome call. I think that it's not quite equal to, to the high-stepping one, but it's in the team photo. It's in the team photo. You get you get a snap over the guy's head. Justin Fields shouldn't play this week. All right, thanks for the call, Jeff. That, that's, yeah, thanks for the call. The, that, that's, that's fair game. The punter's fair game in that moment. So there's another guy that says don't play him. I'm kind of been on that bandwagon just in the last, like, 12 hours. I got to give Hood credit. Monday, Jonathan Hood and I were on in the morning, and he said, don't play him. I was like, ah, play him. Now I'm changing my tune. I get, I get, a, I get that right. So what do you think? Play him? Don't play him. You heard the audio last hour. They're going to leave it in his hands. 